the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Thank you so much for joining us as we get underway at eight minutes past the hour of nine o'clock on this somber third morning of the month of May in the year of our Lord, 2019. You know, I hate having to start shows like this. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, we have to recognize the seriousness of the moment. and Sometimes uh, I'm forced to be the bearer of bad news. It's not often again, but when I have to do it, I have to, I have to uh, carry this burden, and um, it's uh, it's a tough time right now. It's uh, it's terrible what we're experiencing. It's something that, quite frankly, I, I really wish no nation ever had to uh, to endure. But I must report to you the state of the economy of the United States of America. It's tragic. We found out this morning that America is thriving. No, no. It's it's true. And it's horrible, isn't it? Democrats. 263,000 jobs were added to the American economy, the American workforce, in the month of April alone. That was decidedly more than the 185,000 jobs that were expected to be added, which would have been an enormous amount in and of itself. The jobs report for the months of February and March 
were revised plus 16,000 more. 16,000 more Americans going to work. 16,000 more Americans not in need of American subsidies, welfare, EBT. The unemployment rate in this country, I'm sad to report to my Democrat friends, is 3.6%. That's the lowest unemployment rate that this country has seen since 1969. I'll do the math for you. That's the lowest unemployment rate we have had in this country in 49 years. That covers a lot of presidents. Covers a lot of administrations, a lot of congresses, a lot of laws, a lot of social engineering. 3.6%. The news gets worse for my Democrat friends. They're good jobs. They're good-paying jobs. Wages are now up in the United States of America an average of 3.2% in the last 12 months alone. This is not something I would wish for you to have to hear from me. I really do feel terrible about this. But wages are up 3.2%. The monthly gain brings the average hourly earnings of American workers to $27.77 an hour. pause while you dab your eyes at the horrible, horrible news that I'm sharing with you this morning. I must remind you, of course, that we found out last week that the GDP, the gross domestic product in this country by which we measure the strength of our economy, GDP grew by 3.2% in the first quarter of 2019. So the sad news that I have to share with you this morning is that our economy is booming. And to all of my Democrat friends who have been hoping for an economic collapse and the suffering of all Americans so that they can take the White House back from the orange menace that they revile so very much, I'm sorry. I truly am sorry. For this American prosperity. But American prosperity it is. Democrats hoping for a collapse, bread lines, low wages, for Trump to not have that magic wand that it would take to return good paying manufacturing jobs back to the United States. To Democrats who are hoping against hope. That the tax cut would not help American taxpayers, workers, citizens. To Democrats that were hoping against hope. That the tax cuts 
would not aid American businesses and corporations in growing and expanding their operations and hiring more people who then draw their own paychecks to then spend on the American economy, cycling that money through again and again and again so that more businesses grow, so that more manufacturing expands, so that more workers are hired. I'm so sorry. I really am. The only hope you have of getting Donald Trump out of office is for an American collapse, an economic recession. What makes this harder for you, I know, is that it was predicted. The New York Times, Paul Krugman, the economic expert that he is, remember when Donald Trump was elected? Krugman told a breathless, anticipating American Democratic progressive electorate that we will be in recession in two years once Donald Trump took office. Instead, we have GDPs of over 4% in the first year, over 3.2% now in the first quarter of 2019, the lowest unemployment in nearly five years. Decades, 49 years since it's been as low as 3.6%. Hundreds of thousands of Americans going back to work and working at good jobs, at high paying jobs, not low paying uh, 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 service sector jobs, but rather manufacturing jobs, the types of jobs that just we weren't supposed to have. Because there is no magic wand. So I'm sorry to bear the bad news that America is absolutely humming right now, Democrats. While you're continuing your obsession and your fascination with fancy words like collusion and conspiracy and obstruction. And of course, finding out that that was an epic fail as well. Because your hero, the man who was going to take Donald Trump down by proving that he was not a duly elected president, Bob Mueller came back with a report that said no indictments, no sealed indictments, no prosecutions, because no collusion. And oh, by the way, no obstruction that is provable at all. So Democrats, I'm sorry about your current state of affairs, but for the rest of the United States of America, for the rest of the country that is actually hopeful of positive change in the United States, for the rest of a country that has been hoping to make America great again. To you, my friends. Three point.
0.6 freaking percent. Did you hear what I said? 1969 for crying out loud. 263,000 jobs added in April. Sixteen thousand more revised up from last month. And your laughter too. We gonna celebrate your party with you. Come Wages are growing. Let's all celebrate and have a good Two days ago, Joe Biden declared middle class wages were falling. <laughs> He said, Americans, we're getting poorer. The middle class is struggling. <laughs> it's a celebration. Oh, poor Democrats and their facts. Rather, the facts which trump their feelings at all times. Let's do that. The job market was even stronger than expected in April. There were 263,000 new jobs created. The unemployment rate declined to 3.6%, a 49-year low. Americans are making a little more at work. Average hourly pay rose 3.2% in April from a year ago. The only disappointing reading is a decline in the labor force participation rate, a sign the workforce shrank slightly in April. Which, of course, doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot considering how much growth there has been in the work uh, labor workforce participation rate since President Trump took office. It had shrunken to historic lows under Barack Obama as people gave up. So, my apologies to my Democrat friends for having to be the bearer of bad news, but your country is rocking. It is growing. Its economy is booming. Its people are thriving. Companies are hiring. People are working. There is nothing you can do about it except bring buckets of chicken to the floor of the United States House of Representatives and make utter and complete fools of yourselves. Congratulations, Democrats. Way to handle the news responsibly. Way to handle American prosperity with class and with dignity. I got bad news for you. You can play all the games you want to play. You can try all the investigations you want to investigate. You can slander Bill Barr all you want. You can slander Don McGahn all you want. You can falsely accuse Donald Trump all you want. You can ignore Russian connections to Hillary Clinton all you want. You can ignore Bob Mueller's report all you want. But Donald Trump's not going anywhere. Hashtag, make America great again. Hashtag, Trump Pence 2020. Hashtag, my friends. Can you dig it?
We'll be right back after this. Bob France, authority, here on AM 1420. The answer, come. Yeah, buddy. Running down the dreams, the dreams of Americans who wish for a successful economy. Yeah. Crying about the dream, crying about the achievement of it uh, are the American... Look, I'm not kidding you. You know as well as I do. Every Democrat on Capitol Hill and every whining, crying, liberal snowflake that you know in your office or in your plant or wherever it is that you're working and getting more money and thriving that you are right now, wherever it is that you work, every liberal snowflake that you know was hoping for a bad jobs report today. Something's got to slow this train down. We've got to make sure that nobody gets anything else. We cannot have this. We cannot have people getting more money. We we cannot have people getting better jobs. We cannot have businesses expanding. We cannot have the economy growing. How the hell are we supposed to convince the American people to vote for Elizabeth Warren or Kamala Harris or Joe Biden or socialist Bernie Sanders in a year and a half when they're all thriving under the Trump economy? We can't have that. Please, please, please. Americans must suffer. We need 18 months of futility. 18 months. Of, of pain. That's what we need. Otherwise, we have no chance. Sorry about your luck. I'm really, really terribly sorry for this American prosperity. We'll try to do worse next month. Bob and Pay, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Bob. Go ahead. Hi. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Bob, it's, uh, it, it's, you know, <laughs> you okay there? not just that it's not not just that we had uh, 263,000 jobs uh, show up. But that's almost two and a half time, two and a half jobs for every one of the hundred thousand illegal aliens that crossed the southern border recently. <laughs> that's a, you know, I'll tell you what, you you bring up a really really good point there, Bob, and I appreciate that. Um, think about this: those jobs that are added, you know, that are given to illegal aliens, aren't counted in the jobs created uh, uh, column by the uh, uh, by the uh, uh, U.S. government. Those are illegal jobs. Those are jobs given away to people who don't belong here. Can you imagine the prosperity we would have and the jobs numbers if we didn't have a massive crush of illegal immigration coming into this country right now? Can you imagine that? How many more Americans who are looking, how low would that jobless rate go, for crying out loud, already at a 49-year low at 3.6%, if more Americans didn't have to compete with illegal aliens who continue to flood across our, our border? And all of the phony asylum uh, cla- uh, claimants, all of that stuff. Think about that. Holy cow. In other words, the president and his supporters in his administration and those who support him in the Congress, especially every Republican who voted for the tax cuts and everyone who has helped him deregulate so that more American businesses can operate free of government intervention. All of them, all of the work that they have done, which is paying so many dividends right now, which is bearing so much fruit. Think about how much better it would be if we could just operate under the laws of the 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 uh, uh, sovereign laws of the United States as it pertains to immigration, residency, and citizenship. Just think about what could be. 
We are guest-free on this edition of what I often call free-for-all Fridays, but don't mean it because I have a lot of guests. Today, I really mean it. It's a free-for-all Friday. This is your opportunity to get on the lines without much waiting time. 216-901-0945. Dial up now, 888-281-1110. We'll talk to you right after the news on AM 1420. Does it um does it at least make sense now the derangement of the uh, of the left of the Democrats and of the never never Trumpers does does it at least make sense why they won't let it go you know what I mean I mean now you understand why they have been clinging to the idea of Russian collusion from the start the idea of we have to find something on which we can impeach him. We have to find a way to do that. We have to find something that says he wasn't a duly elected president and wipe the whole damn thing out. We have to. It has to have been cheating. It has to have been collusion. It has to have been conspiracy. It had to be something nefarious so that we can invalidate it all. Because if we don't get collusion, if we don't make the Russia allegations stick, he's going to get two terms. Because what he's doing is working. You see why they have to cling to this? For two solid years, they screamed into every microphone they could find. And thanks to CNN and MSNBC and NBC, they found a lot of microphones. And they screamed into them, Russian collusion. He's not a duly elected president. He stole the election. Vladimir Putin gave Trump the White House. He's a Russian operative. He's a Russian agent living and working in the Oval Office. They shouted this for two solid years. Just you wait until the special counsel finishes the report. Then you'll see we're right. They've been doing this for two years. Then here comes Bob Mueller's report. No indictments coming. No sealed indictments coming. No collusion found. And no obstruction of justice that can be proven in any layer, at any, at any layer, on any level. And the Democrats, wait, wait, what? What are we going to do now? This is all we had. We put all of our eggs in the collusion basket held by Bob Mueller. And now we find out there was a hole in it, and every egg has broken and cracked. Now what do we do? Do we go after Trump for job performance? Mm, No, we can't really do that. Because he's making America great again, just like he doggone well promised. The caterpillar-like pace of economic growth of the Obama eight years has been replaced by the Porsche-like speed of economic growth of the Trump first two and a half years. 
People are working. They're making more. Jobs are coming back that we didn't think could come back. We can't hit them on job performance. What do we have? What are we going to do? Kamala Harris needs something. Beto O'Rourke needs something. Bernie needs something. What are you going to do? Well, let's just go back to the collusion thing. Yeah, but Mueller's report said that he didn't collude. It doesn't matter. We'll kill the messenger and say that, and that will cover up the actual message. Let's go get uh, uh, William Barr, the AG. Let's make him public enemy number one. Bob Mueller didn't like what Bill Barr said. Therefore, we can we can repudiate Barr's statements. Yeah, but how's that going to work? The report has been made public. People can read it for themselves, and they'll see that Barr was right. There's no collusion, and there's no obstruction that's provable. And besides that, common sense tells us there can be no obstruction of justice in the investigation of a crime if there was no underlying crime. Which every investigator and attorney who's ever dealt with anything like this before has agreed to. But we got nothing else. We got to run with it. We got to attack Barr. We got to attack everybody that's ever worked for the Trump campaign, the Trump administration. We've got to. Uh, friends, there is desperation in the air. There is desperation in the air. You are seeing it. This is what Trump derangement syndrome looks like. Eric Trump said the same thing. They're literally deranged. He said on Hannity last night, they won't let it go. Eric, it's not that they won't let it go. It's that they can't let it go. They just can't because they've got nothing else. It's working. The job is working. Andy McCarthy uh, uh, with a new column out as well. The Trump-Russia conspiracy created by top Obama-era officials. This was started under Obama before Trump ever even won. Because he knew that if he did win, his entire legacy would be wiped out in four years. He needed Hillary Clinton to win to continue the Obama legacy. To continue the same policies he established. He knew Trump would wipe them all out. And wipe them out, he has. That's why this was created by Obama-era officials. And I promise you, with the full knowledge and consent of Attorney General Loretta Lynch and the head man himself, all of that was done to justify the investigation of Team Trump, to stop him from being able to beat Hillary. This cannot be more clear. BJ is in North Olmstead. You're on AM 1420. The answer. Thank you for your patience, BJ. Go right ahead. A great opening, Bob. I hope you do more of those openings. Please do. Thank you. One of the things I have observed is if you look at the uh, committee that uh, questioned Barr, ninety percent of them are attorneys. I know that we are a country of laws, but these attorneys have done more damage, and I wonder if they would have gone after Donald Trump had he been an attorney himself. It's disgraceful how these attorneys are behaving in Congress, and I'd like to see more factory workers and farmers and laborers in Congress than than these SOB attorneys that are trying to turn this country upside down. I don't even want to talk about socialism anymore because it's sickening to even use the word. But there is an awakening. And I, and I know we've discussed my optimism sometimes, and it seems hard to see, but after the things that happened today, and especially at the prayer meeting with Donald Trump yesterday, which was brilliant, I am hopeful. And keep up the good work, and thanks for your time. 
Thank you, BJ. Week. And I'm really glad. Yeah, I'm really glad. No, that, that optimism is warranted. I mean, I mean, look, it, it's, we're at such a weird time right now in this country. Are we not? Optimism can be warranted, justified, and defended, but so can, uh, fear and, and, and foreboding and feelings of, of, of nervousness and anxiousness because we have so many different forces that are working in opposite directions. Optimism, because of the things we just talked about with the economy and the recognition of that and the hope that moderates will, will who are, I think, truly getting sick and tired of the conspiracy collusionary nonsense, um, are going to say, you know what? Things are working. This is working. I'm sick of the, uh, the attacks. I'm sick of this. I might not like Trump's personality. He might be a little less presidential than I like. But you know what? I like that paycheck. I like the raise that I'm getting. I promise you. I promise you that people like... Um, uh, oh, what is her name for crying out loud? Uh, Teresa, Teresa or Therese, um, posted on my Facebook page when I put some of these numbers on the air this or on my uh, Facebook page this morning. Uh, Teresa said, on a personal note, my son, a year after graduation, just got a 4% salary increase and they plan to, uh, evaluate his salary again and give him another raise to make sure his salary is in line with everyone else that had a job, has a job with his expertise. They don't want him to jump ship. In other words, she's saying people at the per- their, their personal levels, people um, in their own financial situations are seeing their situations improve. Raises where raises were not expected before. Higher starting pay where higher starting pay was not expected before. More jobs offered where those were not expected before. All a result of what this president and only those who voted for tax relief and only those who supported his deregulation of businesses, um, only they are to 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 uh, be celebrated for this. So that optimism that uh, BJ just talked about is legitimate, and it's real. There's a good reason for it. And the flip side, in this strange time that we're in, though, you have the forces of, and I'm just going to say evil, because I think the party of death is evil. I do. I think the pods are truly evil. That's what the Democrat Party is, P-O-D, pods, party of death. I think they're evil people. How else do you describe people who say things like this? Some kids are unwanted. So you kill them now, kill them later. You, you bring him in the world unwanted, unloved. You send him to the electric chair. So you kill him now, I'll kill him later. Democratic Alabama State Representative John Rogers there. Yeah, just might as well kill the kids now because if they're unwanted and unloved, they're bound to have terrible lives and end up in the electric chair after committing crimes. So you're going to kill them then or kill them now? Let's just kill them now. Yeah, that's Demo- that's the party of death. That's the pods I talk about. The Democrat Party is evil, and what they're doing to counter all of that optimism BJ and I just talked about, they are going to continue to try to drag the president's name and every Republican who supports him into the mud. Uh, uh, under they're going to they're going to use everything they can. They'll use Stormy Daniels. They'll use um, thirty six times indicted Michael Avenatti. They'll use, uh, obviously, every single dirty trick there is in the book on Capitol Hill, trying to change the rules on testimony from the Attorney General to the House Judiciary Committee, never, ever, ever having done this before by to a cabinet official, and then trying to say, no, nah, we can do this anytime we want to, talking about Jerry. They'll use every dirty trick in the book to try to drag him down. So for that reason, I feel this sense of foreboding. I feel a sense of unease, of anxiousness. So I'll be honest with you, B.J., I'm not going to condemn your optimism. I'm not going to condemn your your pessimism because I think there is room for both in this strange time. Uh, I would like to just say that, hey, things are going great guns. It would be nice if everybody would get on board, but we know that their personal interests are more important to them than the public interest.
John is in Lakewood. John, you're on AM 1420. The answer. Yeah. Good morning. Go right ahead. Good morning. Maybe you can expand this thing. And at at age 84, not rotting in a wheelchair, sedated in a nursing home, I can't help it as an immigrant for 60 years. We don't teach civics or citizenship in high school or college properly. We are number crunching robots. And 1787, Ben Franklin said, "It's a." Republic, it's fragile if you can keep it. Of course, we don't know what it is. We know more about March Madness, and if you don't watch out, Boston Tea Party will be thought of as a first tailgate party. I'm sorry to say that. <laughs> and what is happening is we have survived depression, Pearl Harbor, September 11th, and I don't mind a long road towards perfect union. I don't mind a detour, a speed bump, but I don't want a dead end. It is high time we talk about what has happened. Putin did something without even a pistol. It's, it's a free country. It's a unique idea. America is a concept. At 84, maybe I should be a stoic philosopher, punish myself in a nursing home. Why is it the whole air is polluted by every channel that I can think of? I wrote a paper on AM, FM, radio, and FM was not even gestation period or diaper, 1960 in a graduate school. It's sad what we are listening to. We don't teach the next generation we always take the photo of the finishing touch of the Olympic Games. How about the four people ran before that relay? Maybe I'm too much metaphor in my third world country English. I'm sorry. Your third world country English, my friend, is just fine with me. And guess what? At age Please 84, you are, you, you are a historian and you are a philosopher. And I think you are offering a lot to this conversation. And I thank you so much for your phone call. Let me say this. I agree with you about our education. I agree. He's talking about we're not teaching our children the right things. We're not. He's talking about Ben Franklin and, and and this great republic. If you can keep it, all of those things. You're right. And if we for if we fail to educate the younger generations about the lessons taught by the founding fathers and that generation, the first generation of this country, essentially the ones who gave us this country and gave us this republic and gave us the tools that we have. Uh, as long as we implement them to be able to keep it against whatever challenges that might arise in the subsequent generations. Um, you're right. We don't teach that enough to our children. I, 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 I don't want to repeat everything you just said because I think you said it very well, but I'll just say this. Oftentimes people kind of boil this down to a more, you know, bite-sized, uh, point here, uh, and, and call it civics. And I think civics are, are, terribly missing, terribly absent from the educational experience. We all know that to become a foreigner who wants to become an American citizen, they have to pass civics, they have to take civics classes and pass a civics test. But when you're born here, you don't have to know anything about civics. And I think that's a big, big part of this. That wouldn't simply be the only answer. But, but yes, our educational institutions have changed. Our educational institutions uh, have become, in my view, very partisan, very biased, very left-wing. Uh, the lessons being taught are seemingly more about cultural trends and shifts and how we have to accept them. In a, in a, in a non-politically correct, or ex- excuse me, in a political, politically correct society. Um, that's that's what education has become as opposed to teaching the bedrock of american uh uh exceptionalism teaching teaching what is the bedrock of the united states of america quite simply and what it was founded upon our constitution our declaration 
the principles that the Founding Fathers gave us to withstand those things that would threaten this great republic. We don't teach those anymore. We don't teach the more important lessons. We teach people to not hurt others' feelings now. Our educational system is teaching our children not how to keep their republic, but how to change it and bend it and morph it into something that is popular at the time. And the problem is, of course, they don't recognize that trends come and go. Trends Come and go. Culture changes are going to happen from time to time, but they always tend to fade away. Whereas constitutional principles are bedrock. Constitutional principles are always unchangeable. This is not a living, breathing constitution that can be interpreted in different ways to to fit the trends or the cultural shifts of the day. It is absolute Originalism must prevail, and those things need to be taught to our younger generations. I know I'm going off on a bit of a tangent about education, but seriously, I have two high school kids right now in my in my home, and I can promise you, I know what the what history they're being taught, and I know what right now it's a little bit better because I happen to go to an exceptional high school, and it's a Catholic high school that actually embraces Catholicism and isn't uh, uh, you know isn't uh, changed and turned around by the cultural Catholic shifts of the day. But in general, I can tell you I know what their history lessons are, and I know what their uh, uh, current political science lessons are, their, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the principles that they are learning about not just ancient but modern history and current events going forward. I can promise you I know what's going on in most public schools, and they do indeed threaten and give us that reason for, uh, uh, for concern. All right, thanks so much for that great call, John. You're a great historian and a great philosopher. You call back any time. It's 9.52, back after this. Walski Ford, get there. All right, 9.57, we continue AM 1420. The answer, I want to share this with a great, great... Uh, Facebook message. I haven't even talked about social media today. My Twitter and Facebook feeds, though, I have posted the numbers that I shared with you on the air to start the program on Twitter and on Facebook at France Radio. F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. All one word. No space. No underscore. Right? M-K-Y Song commented under that posting the following. This is what must be asked of each leftist candidate running for president. What is your plan to improve on 3.6% unemployment? How will you increase 3.2% growth in the GDP? How will you help small businesses continue to add jobs as they are now? Cue the crickets. MKY song, what a phenomenal Facebook message. Thank you for for offering that. That's a great, great point. Because that is what should happen, right? Isn't that what should be asked right now? You want to beat Donald Trump? You want to take Donald Trump's job away from him? How are you going to improve upon all of the things that have happened since he's been president? If you can't answer that, then go away and let us continue our prosperity and peace. TJ in Cleveland, you're next. Hi, TJ, go ahead. Hi, Bob. You know, Bob, first of all, before I make my point, I'm very impressed with John from Lakewood. You know, maybe his legs have failed him later in life, but his mind is just as sharp as anyone. I give no him doubt. a lot of kudos. No but doubt. the reason I called, I'm still fuming over this Sidney Blumenthal. I mean, here's a man that not only lied about being in Vietnam, but he concocted stories about actually being a hero and saving people under fire. 
what the hell is the matter with the people in Connecticut? If this is the best they can do to represent them, some lion concocting creep like Blumenthal. And then I ask, where is the VFW? How come they haven't brought this man to task? I am so upset, Bob, I have rescinded my uh, membership with the VFW. Of all organizations, they should be leading out there, putting this guy on the spot. I mean, this is a senator of the United States that lied and concocted stories like this. I mean, it's a disgrace, Bob. Well, I understand. By the way, you meant Richard Blumenthal, not Sidney Blumenthal, but your point is very well taken, and I do appreciate it, my friend. It's 10 o'clock. It is a free-for-all Friday, and I mean it this week. I am guest-free so that we have a lot of time for your phone calls. Anything you want to talk about, although I am indeed heavily economically oriented today, thanks to the great news that we just got from the uh, April Jobs Report and more. But whatever you want to talk about, you can do it after this at 216-901-0945 on The Bob Francis. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.